Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. So I'm stuck in traffic, of course, trying to get onto the Bay Bridge. And people are making all sorts of crazy moves. Look at this guy. Some people aren't even in lanes. They're just going all over the place. Okay, so driving is this crazy, stressful thing. Self-driving cars are trying to make it a little less crazy. But this week in Arizona, one of Uber's self-driving cars struck and killed someone. That car had someone behind the wheel. On April 2nd, California will start allowing driverless cars on the streets with no human behind the wheel. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. We're in San Francisco in the Soma District. I'm meeting up with Ariane Marshall, who's a transportation staff writer at Wired. And we are going to be walking north up 3rd Street. Let's go. Towards the scene of the crime. (laughs) The crime she's talking about happened back in December 2016. A self-driving Uber car blew through this red light in front of SF MoMA, an area with a lot of pedestrians. We heard about it because the cab driver posted the dash cam video on YouTube. I left a comment on their video and got the uh, cab driver to call me back and confirm that what we were seeing was actually an Uber vehicle driving through the crosswalk. So this is right in front of SF MoMA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can see why this might be a confusing intersection for an autonomous vehicle, because it's a little weird. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this area. Yes. Should should I be using driverless car or self-driving car? Are they one and the same? Oh, (laughs) it's complicated. So um, driverless car usually refers to a car that doesn't have a driver behind the wheel at all. And some of those cars are operating in Phoenix. Um, Waymo, which is Google's self-driving sister company, is operating vehicles like that in Phoenix, Arizona. But everywhere else, there's always a safety driver behind the wheel. So I'd I'd say self-driving car for now. So uh, on April 2nd, what's happening to the industry here in California? On April 2nd, uh, California's Department of Motor Vehicles has decided that it's going to start issuing permits to allow companies to test totally driverless vehicles in California. What that means is uh, right now when companies are testing uh, self-driving cars in California, there always has to be a safety driver behind the wheel to make sure nothing goes wrong. Um, But starting April 2nd, you might be able to see uh, a car with no one inside driving on the roads in California. could be pretty freaky to people. Uh, you, how do you feel about that? 
Uh, I think it's a little bit freaky and also a little bit exciting. Um, it means this technology is really happening. And if you're into improving the safety of uh, American roads, uh, that might be good news. At the same time, uh, especially in light of this tragic crash in Arizona that happened this week, uh, there are some questions about whether the technology is really ready for, for that kind of deployment. Um, so I, you know, it's a mixed bag. So what does it actually mean for companies like uh, Google or Waymo and, and Uber? What will they be allowed to do? They will be allowed to operate their vehicles without a human inside, but they will have to have a remote person who monitors uh, the vehicle at all times. All right, so what does that mean? Like somebody sitting with a TV and uh, like a remote control in hand? Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a call center. Wow. Um, they might have a remote control in hand. They might have, uh, some companies have like actual wheels that people can no take control way. of. Um, and some people use iPads so they can sort of direct vehicles okay. in that way. Um, so where are these driverless non-human cars gonna be deployed? Like, will we see them here in San Francisco? I wouldn't expect to see them in San Francisco just because this is an incredibly challenging driving uh, environment. So you can hear behind us a lot of honking. Uh, it's a lot of chaos, a lot of people, a lot of people on bikes, a lot of people walking their dogs, and a lot of children. Um, where you might expect to see them is out in a place like Mountain View, where it's a bit more suburban, less people on the street, and all the streets are really well marked. There's a lot of really clear street signs. That's the kind of environment that driverless cars really love. So we've been talking a lot about like the industry and the machine part of, of this conversation, but I was driving in from the East Bay and going over the Bay Bridge and right before you get to the toll, cars are making all these crazy moves, like just cutting across as many lanes as they can. People are not even in lanes on the side of the road. Should we expect the behavior of traffic to change when driverless or self-driving cars get on the road? And, and, and what does that say about the moment when there's more of those types of cars mixing with humans on the road? What we know about that so far is that especially here in San Francisco, driverless cars are super, super conservative drivers. Good for uh, them. They really don't want to get in trouble. Now that's great, but a problem with that is that you might expect a human driver to roll through a stop sign. Um, if they have time to go through a light, you might expect them to hit it and go through that yellow light. It, yeah. uh, driverless cars will not do that. They will stop at the stop sign. They will come to a full stop because that is the law. And uh, especially General Motors in San Francisco has had these problems where they've uh, been getting rear-ended uh, by human drivers because they're not expecting uh, the cars to drive so conservatively. And in this in-between time, while we have some driverless cars and some human drivers, it's really complicated because driverless car operators have to figure out how to program their vehicles to deal with unpredictable, crazy humans. So I want you to answer this next question. Clear your mind and just answer it from your heart right away as quickly as you can. Are you afraid of self-driving driverless cars? I am not. Why? Um, I have been in a few. Um, you know, they won't let journalists in unless they know they can control every <laughs> element of the test. So obviously I was being taken on a very specific ride. I can tell you that the, the industry right now is kind of, even though 
they expected someone to eventually die because of a self-driving car just because people die in traffic accidents here in the U.S. Uh, tragically, um, they are really spooked by this. And there's a real incentive for them to make these things as safe as possible so that people will allow them to get on them on the road. So politicians will allow them to get them on the road. Um, so I'm not scared of them. I think there are a bunch of things that have to get figured out with regulation. And some things could go wrong in the process. How did it feel to be inside one of these cars? pretty cool. I it was in uh, General Motors uh, self-driving car a few months ago and it was really jerky because oh, uh, really? it, it gets startled really easily. If someone <laughs> looks like they might step off a curb in the middle of the street, it will stop. That seems like a very uncomfortable ride. Yeah, it's not It's not cute. <laughs> uh, in my colleague Alex Davies took a ride in an Uber self-driving car in Pittsburgh recently where they're actually picking up passengers. Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania? Pittsburgh, or? Pennsylvania, yeah. And he noticed there was a barf bag oh, in the back. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Ariane Marshall, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Right now, it looks like driverless car companies are just trying to make sure you'd be safe riding in one of these cars. Obviously, there's still a lot to work out. But maybe sometime after that, they'll make cars that don't need barf bags. And hopefully, commutes will be a little bit less like mine. This Volkswagen is trying to jam his way in here. This is insane. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. So are you into the one wheels or not? I'm not. I mean... Not into the one wheels. I think they look uncool. <laughs> but you do you. I first worked at KQED back in 2010. At the time, I was an intern with the California Report magazine, which is this podcast that you should totally check out and subscribe to. You'll hear all sorts of cool stories from all over the state, like one of the first stories I ever did for public radio, which was about a writing group in Sacramento for seniors. We're writing our feelings and the way we uh, went through life. I'm not writing about the way my wife went through life. You're the only person who can tell your story. To hear California stories, subscribe to the California Report magazine with host Sasha Coca. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 